good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And folks, we're uh, one preseason game down at the, you know, the Eagles played the Ravens there on Saturday night. And yours truly, by the way, unable to watch the game live, as I obviously normally would, which is part of the reason why I'm a little bit late getting uh, this podcast launched, um, because I had to watch it, uh, you know, after the game was over. I was at a one of the best concerts, I have to say, that I've been at in a long time. Uh, we had an added bonus, because um, I went with a buddy of mine, and... Went to see Alter Bridge, who he was more of a fan and fan than I was. Uh, I kind of like jammed and bu- listened to a bunch of uh, their music during the week, so I at least had some familiarity with their songs. I knew a couple of them, but you know, I wanted to know more of their music. And since I was about to see them live, and then um, Seven Dust was the other opening band, um, which obviously I've heard of them before, and, and you know. A uh, fan of, of some of their music. Not a big fan of the group necessarily, but I, I do like you know some of their some of their music. So very excited. Got to hang out with a longtime friend and the opener that we found out once we got there. There was another group opening up called Mammoth, and neither one of us heard of Mammoth. Um, and it's funny thing is, I'll share a quick story with you. There was um, a couple guys with Mammoth T-shirts on. One was kind of older, looked like a father and son, perhaps. Both had mammoth uh, T-shirts on. And as we're heading into the arena, I asked him, I'm like, I just said, hey, um, can you tell us a little about mammoth? We've never heard of them before. And their response was comical, to say the least. Because what we didn't know when he found out pretty quickly or shortly thereafter was that mammoth is Wolfgang Van Halen's band, the son of the iconic guitar genius, Eddie Van Halen. So that was like a total added bonus to this whole concert experience. But getting back to the two gentlemen that I asked about Mammoth for, knowing that now, what would be the perfect an obvious response to anyone asking a fan of Mammoth that tells you that they don't not aware of the band and never heard of them before. What is the most logical and reasonable answer to that question? Or how would you answer that question? You would say it's Wolfgang Van Halen's band. But <laughs> neither one of them said that. The, the, the younger son, which was probably in his like, I don't know, late teens, early 20s, goes, they're very good. That's all I got out of him. And then the father looks over to me and says, uh, you, might, you, might, you must be too young or something like that. Makes a comment like about my age. And then he kind of started walking away. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't be too, I told him like, as he's walking away, I'm like, can't be too young. I just turned 50. I don't know what the heck his point was there. I mean, the band, I found out later as I've done some research, has only been around for about five years. And they only have two albums, the second of which was just released uh, earlier this month in August. So his comment about age, I'm like, what was it born? Uh, a month ago? Uh, what the hell are you talking about? 
So I was never even asked, but I was just, I was just, we were laughing at each other. Like, what the hell kind of response is that by both of them? The obvious response back would be, it's Wolfgang Van Halen's band. All right. I know I went off a little bit of tangent there, but I want to let you know that's where I was on Saturday night. Unable to watch our birds in their first preseason game of the year. And I have watched it since. And we're going to get into that and uh, spend most of the podcast today talking about that as well as some other stories coming out of camp. Before I get into it, you can uh, email the show at petwgp at gmail.com. Ask any questions, any comments, any thoughts, feelings, whatever. Uh, that's the way to reach out to the show. Um, all right. So let's dig right into the uh, first preseason game of the season. Um, actually, let me back up one second. Because one thing that we have started hearing some grumblings about, and I'm not sure if this is actually something I believe in yet, but what we're starting to hear coming out of the Eagles camp is that Kenny Gainwell might, in fact, be the number one running back. Which I am not yet to, like I said, fully embrace at this time. Not that I don't think that Gainwell can't do it. I just don't think that's an ideal spot for him. But there are indications that he might be the Eagles' number one. Um, I tend to believe it's going to be Swift. And I think he played well enough there in the preseason opener to kind of solidify that thought. But um, we're going to see Gainwell here on Thursday night. Um, Sirianni said as much that it was kind of Swift's turn um, and um, Sermon's turn. He was going to start those two there in the first game, and then he said the second game will be uh, Gainwell and and, uh, and obviously uh, Boston Scott. So we'll see how this all pans out. But the guy who's been taking most of the number one reps in camp has been Gainwell, which is kind of surprising to me at least. Um, I just think it's better to maybe have Swift back there and Gainwell as a two, but, you know. And then the fact that, you know, what the heck's going on with uh, the guy they got from Seattle, whose name slips me at the moment. Um, and I'll, I'll get back to that in a moment, but but it's just – it's interesting to me that Gainwell is now the number one because if that's true, that they've made that decision already, I find that surprising. Um, but a lot of interesting things that came out of this game. Um, and number one, of course, being the two snaps that Jalen Carter got, and the first of which – he absolutely overpowered the tackle or the guard that was, uh, you know, attempted to block him. Kind of made a one arm like push to the side and then was immediately in the quarterback's uh, face. And, and the quarterback had to scramble and just barely get the ball off. So you want to talk about having, making an immediate impact. You couldn't have more of an immediate impact than what Jalen Carter did against the Ravens. He only, again, was in there for a couple snaps, so they, they pretty much took him out 
uh, shortly thereafter that play. But in the small little bit of playing time, which is, you know, two snaps, I don't even know if small is the word to use. Um, Jalen Carter showed off the type of uh, beast that other teams going to have to contend with. Now, I don't think he's going to come out and be uh, this dominant, you know, pass rushing force right off the bat. I think that's a little bit, you know, too much of a stretch to say to have that much of an impact. But, I mean, that's certainly a great start, that little flash that we saw. And, um, you know, it definitely shows the promise of uh, who many seem deemed was the best overall player in the draft last year. Rashad Penny's the running back, by the way, I was uh, trying to refer to earlier. Um, you know, Penny played a little bit. Um, didn't uh, look all that impressive. But, again, he's running behind the, you know, backups. So, not sure if you're going to really put much stock into that. I think Penny's got a, a spot in this team. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I don't think any of these guys are guaranteed right now other than Gainwell and Swift. Those two guys, I think, are, are locked in. Penny, Trey Sermon, and Scott even, um, you know, are the guys that, you know, there could be some substantial changes made. We'll see. I think Scott's relatively safe, you know. Um, all right. So I had to watch the game uh, after it had already taken place, and I made sure that I didn't I, – I knew what the final was. I knew like, it doesn't matter, you know. Right? So I knew that the Eagles lost by a point. That's the only thing I knew. So I was driving home, and I, I started listening to some of the post-game uh, content, and then I watched the entire game. Um, so pretty much up to speed now. What I would say coming out, my takeaways here, one of the most impressive things for me watching that game was the play of Tyler McKee. I think for sure he's going to be the number three quarterback. And I'm going to say this right now because you guys know that I don't like Mariota. Not a fan of his, and he did absolutely nothing to further impress me during this game, during this preseason game. Now, I know he's playing with backups, but you know what? He's a seasoned vet. And he, once again, other than his scrambling ability, looked terrible. Just only through to Greg Ward. Seems to be a one-read quarterback. I mean, he's like his eighth season in the league, isn't it? Eight or nine? So I just, I'm not impressed. Never have been impressed by Mariota. And after watching his performance here in a preseason, it's just confirmed that I just don't think he's a good quarterback. I do not. I look, I thought that McKee, looked way more impressive than Mariota did, the way he threw the ball, especially, and was reading the defenses. I mean, he threw a nice long ball. Uh, He throws a very tight spiral, and it was windy that game. Every time they had a shot at the sidelines, you see the wind blowing around. It was more of like a uh, gusty-type game, at least from what it appeared from what I was watching. It just looked like there was, you know, pretty gusty out. I don't know if it was a consistent wind. And it was mostly in the first half, not so much in the second half. Seem the winds have calmed down a little bit. But the, my point is, it was windy out, and he was throwing tight spirals on the money. I was very impressed by Tyler McKee. It really was. Now, I don't know if I'm ready to make him number two, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I, uh, you know, I'm just not a fan of Mariota. I'm not. I wish they weren't paying him $5 million. It'd be easier to cut him because – Let's just keep our fingers crossed, folks, that we never have to see Mariota this year. 
that's I guess I'll just leave it at that. But very impressed by Tyler McKee. I think by far and away that that competition for the third quarterback spot is over already. Because Ian Book, when he came into the game, he looked terrible. He took a, like a 20-yard sack when he was running around left and right like he thought he was Cunningham or something. Took a 20-yard loss. His, uh, his accuracy was terrible. And, you know, the Eagles had a chance to take the lead. The Eagles went for two late in the game. And, he, you know, just threw the ball, like lobbed the ball. There was one Eagle receiver and, like, three Ravens. And he, like, kind of soft tosses it to the corner of the end zone. I'm like, dude, that ball's going to be picked off 99% of the time. So just horrible decisions. And I'm not impressed by Book at all. I think he is done. I think the competition is over with. I think. Tyler McKee, the uh, quarterback, the rookie there that they drafted out of Stanford, will be our number three. I'm just kind of reading off some of my notes here so I don't miss anything. Um, yeah, so the the running backs all did pretty well. Um, Sermon scored a touchdown. Um Swift had a really nice run uh, early on in the game when he was in there. They took him out pretty quick. He didn't play a lot. But when he was in there, um, he took like a, a sweep to the left and caught the pass right on, a, right on the money and um, took it upfield, showed his speed. And then what I really liked is how he finished the play. He had one guy, a safety coming in, I think, or a corner, coming in to tackle him after he already had like about a 10-yard gain. And he lowered the shoulder and ran, ran right over the guy. So I love seeing that. I don't know if I've seen much of like a power game out of Swift before. He also, on that play, made a cut where he absolutely uh, made the linebacker, um, you know, lose his ankle, lose his shoes. I mean, he, it was just an absolute like Barry Sanders-esque type cut. Not that I'm comparing to Barry Sanders, but it was that type of juke move. The guy dove at air. <laughs> and then, so that was the nice initial move that Swift made. And then he got like about 10 yards down the field and then buried his shoulder into the guy trying to tackle him. So I thought that was a very impressive run by Swift. Uh, the other running backs look pretty good. I know Brooks got some playing time. He's, he's not going to make the team, you know, um, Sherman looked okay. And, uh, and Penny, when he was in there looked okay, but again, nothing, nothing spectacular really that stood out about Penny. Um, at least in my opinion. Okay. Uh, what else? Um, the other piece to this was the wide receiver, Cleveland, who really stood out. I mean, that was basically Tyler McKee's target when uh, when he was in there. And he made some really nice plays. Uh, uh, Cleveland, the wide receiver there, looks really, really good. Uh, to the point where he's... Um, you know, from what I've seen, and I haven't seen a lot of camp in terms of wide receiver battles, but I think the top three are locked in. You know, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and <clears throat> um, Quez are locked in, I think. I think Quez is one of three spot. And I, I don't even know if that really was open, you know, because Quez has really had a good camp. But as far as the number four and five, you know, I think Cleveland's really made a, made a uh, statement there in the preseason opener. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see if he can continue that momentum into the second game. But uh, he he really looked good. I thought. Um, 
talked about Jalen Carter and in his one play, he, he, he looked, you know, again, only a couple snaps, but he showed his ability and, uh, and his skill and his power, uh, on, on that one play. So exciting to see more out of him, of course. And the word out of camp this week in the practicing practices with the Browns leading up to the game Thursday night, right now they've been, you know, practicing against each other is they've been moving him around. So he's not just staying at the defensive tackle position. They have moved Jalen Carter to take some rushes on the outside as well. So that is an interesting development uh, that literally just came out this, uh, this morning about what they've been doing with Jalen Carter. So you're getting that right hot off the press. Now, will the Eagles move him around during the regular season? I don't know. Maybe. Sounds like it. I mean, he certainly has the pass rushing ability that I think he can take it to the outside on occasion, you know. Um, but we'll see. Certain packages, don't be surprised if you see Jalen Carter on the, uh, on the rushing from the edge. Now, one of the most exciting things that I was happy to see, because I've been waiting for it all camp, and he's been taking mainly third-string reps, maybe some mixing in some second-string reps. But during the preseason opener, you want to guess who led the Eagles in tackles? My man, Sidney Brown, the guy, the draft pick that I said I was most excited about, even more so than Jalen Carter, even more so than Nolan Smith. The Eagle draft pick that excited me the most was Sidney Brown, and he led the Eagles in tackles. I don't even know if he even played much in the first half. I don't remember seeing him much on the field the first half, but he definitely played most, if not all, the second half, and he ended up leading the Eagles in tackles with nine and he was all over the place. I mean, he was flying, you know, in coverage. Um, he was flying to the ball, um, you know, tackling-wise. Uh, and it's the type of game that he's going to bring, and that's why I really am pushing for this guy to be the opening day. Yes, I've said it. I'll say it again. Opening day starter opposite of Blankenship. I want to see Sidney Brown there. I think he is the most highest ceiling. You're going to have to – deal with the fact that he's a rookie and, and he's going to make mistakes from time to time. I think you're just going to have to live with it because I think when you're talking about putting the best players on the field, to me, Sidney Brown is the most talented safety amongst the others in there in that mix um, to be starting opposite of Blankenship. And so uh, the other news is that this week, since that preseason opener, Sidney Brown has been taking first-team reps at safety. So I am like, yes, you know, that is what I want to hear. And hopefully he can continue the, his momentum and uh, and then, you know, lock up that starting safety spot. And it would be tough, you know, listen, as a rookie to be starting safety, that's, that's, a, tough, that's a tough deal. I think he's up to the task. But I just hope that Eagle fans are – Understanding and patient enough during the season, because we know how we are, to just know that he's not going to be perfect out there. He's a rookie. So he's going to have some growing pains, and he's going to have some, you know, blown coverages and stuff like that. We're going to have to just let him play through it. I think he's got a great head on his shoulders, and to me, he's the type of guy that if it happens to him once, it's not going to happen to him again. But you got to give him some latitude where it's going to happen, you know, it's going to happen. He's going to make some mistakes out there. But excited, very excited that Sidney Brown has taken 
uh, first team reps now this week in practice against the Browns. So that's that's exciting. Now, some other things. Eli Ricks, who's the uh, right now, he's basically on a bubble for the corner spot. The Eagles have some pretty decent depth at at cornerback. And when was the last time we were able to say that? But they they kind of do, you know, they really do. And uh, Eli Ricks um, had a nice pick six in the game. So I, I love seeing that. The guy's got a lot of potential. What I do not like about this guy, and it's just an issue. I don't know much about him other than it's just this game. So I'm just talking about just this game in particular. I'll be watching him much closer here going forward. I don't know if he had a tiff going on with a wide receiver that he was covering this game. But during his pick six, he turned around immediately. Instead of celebrating with his teammates, he taunted the Ravens got, uh, receiver that he basically took the ball from. Uh, did a little bit of taunting there. Could have easily got flagged. They, the refs didn't throw it. But to me, I can see that happening in a game. I mean, to me, he said enough to the guy to, to get a taunting penalty. And then just kind of like me, me, me type of player, you know, Sidney Brown and some other guys are trying to get over and celebrate with him, and he just ran by him, you know, making gestures to the crowd and stuff. Uh, I don't know, man. I just – I kind of don't like to see that kind of thing, from especially a young player trying to make a team. It's like, you know, yeah, we saw that you made a pick. You know, let's celebrate with your teammates. Don't talk smack to the other team and, you know, give the ball back to the ref. That type of, that type of deal. Because later in the game – he also made a breakup play and did the same thing, taunted the wide receiver again. Like they didn't throw the flag, you know, so he didn't do enough apparently to draw the flag. But to me, I'm a little concerned about that, you know, because if he does make the team, you don't want him, you know, in a game in a critical spot making a nice play or something and then taunting the other team and getting a 15-minute penalty, 15-yard penalty, 15-minute, 15-yard penalty, you know what I mean? So – I loved what I saw. The guy looks like he's pretty good, but that attitude, man, he's got to he's got to let that go. Uh, some unfortunate news. Before I get into that, um, the Kobe Dean, by the way, did not play, which was disappointing to me. I know he just came back from injury, and he's been practicing this week, so I'm hoping that the Eagles will play him Thursday night because, to me, he's one of the players that needs to be on the field. I know he's a starter, but he needs reps, so I want to see the Kobe Dean on the field even though he's a starter, he needs to be out there. So uh, he didn't play against the Ravens, and I'm really hoping to see him here against the Browns. Um, the unfortunate news is that the Eagles did have a uh, season and an injury to their special teams stud, Sean Bradley, who unfortunately tore his Achilles tendon and is done for the year. So the Eagles are already down one of their top uh, special teams players, for the season. So he's done for the year and Eagles are not a great special teams coverage team. So someone's going to have to step in and help out there. Plus I don't believe the Kobe Dean's going to be playing special teams this year. I don't know. Now that he's a, now that he's a starting middle linebacker, I doubt he's going to be out there in special teams so that you lose him too. The Eagles need to figure that out because, um, you know, he was one of their best special teams aces and uh, they have lost him for the year now. So uh, that's a little concerning there. Um, Jurgens, by the way, starting guard, it seems to be, uh, have won that job, you know, and I don't even know how much of a real training camp battle that was because he's basically been starting at guard since the beginning. Uh, and it seems that he has, um, locked that job up as our starting guard. So, um, 
he will continue to obviously be the backup if something was to happen to Kelsey. He would shift to center. Um, but uh, for now, and uh, going forward, it does definitely appear that Jurgens has won that starting right guard spot. One other observation about the game is Justin Tucker. I know he's not an eagle, but I'm telling you, uh, I play fantasy football, right? And I would say as of maybe five to six years ago or so, I started taking him as my number one kicker. Um, I saw enough of him by that time to, to know that he was, I don't know if he was the best kicker at that time, five or six years ago, but I knew he was one of the top kickers in the league. And um, I think in recent years, he he is pretty much unanimously known as the best field goal kicker in the league. And, you know, he, he, ha- he owns the record for the longest field goal. Um, and uh, the one, by the way, that he hit in the Eagles game right before the half was 60 yards. And that one would have been good from easily from 65, maybe 67, 68 yards. I mean, that one went through right split right down the middle, number one. And then a good five to six, seven yards of extra extra yardage there to clear the, uh, clear the uprights. So, I mean, he might be. And I actually tend to think that he is probably the best kicker of all time. I will go out and say that right now. Maybe it's going too far on the limb. I don't think so. I think when it's all said and done, and it might be already right now, but at least when by the time he retires, he will be the best kicker of all time. He's one of the most accurate. He might even be the most accurate. I'm not sure about the actual numbers in terms of his uh, efficiency, but I know it's up there. He might even be the most efficient already. But, uh, you know, he's got the leg. He's got the clutchness. I mean, the guy hardly ever misses. And he obviously owns the record for the longest field goal of all time. And I just want to give props where props are, props are deserved. And I, I just, uh, you know, Justin Tucker is the greatest kicker in the game today and maybe the greatest kicker of all time. And I feel that when he retires, he, he will be known as the greatest kicker of all time. So it's awesome to see. I mean, who gets excited about a field goal kicker? But he is, he's fun to watch. So I think that touches on everything that I wanted to kind of get out there today um, as far as the recap in the preseason game. Thursday night is the second preseason game of the year as the Eagles will be facing off against the Browns, who they are working with in camp right now. So uh, the Browns are a good team. You know, defensively, we know they got a lot of defensive talent on there. Uh, offensively, they've got a – you know, the Browns are a good team. Browns are a really good team. You know, they got the quarterback, Deshaun Watson, now. They got one of the best running backs in the league in Chubb. I don't think those guys are going to play, but I'm just saying that they're – Browns are good. And the Ravens are good. So I think the Eagles are getting really good tests here in the preseason as far as their schedule. Um, you know, the Ravens are going to be a damn good team. And uh, the Browns are going to be a damn good team. So the Eagles are playing some some tough teams, which is good because, as we know, this NFL regular season is the toughest in the entire NFL, their schedule. So um, might as well start playing these tough teams uh, while you're practicing and, and getting ready for the season, and that's what the Eagles are are doing. So that's all that's all good. Um. So I will be back on probably Thursday night. I'm, I'm going to be able to watch that game live. Um, I would say, if not Thursday night, certainly by Friday, I will have the next podcast out. I've got a couple guests lined up for the uh, before we kick things off for the actual season. Um, 
I'm going to have uh, Matt on, who, who's a frequent guest of the program. He's not been on this year yet, but I'm planning on having him. Uh, we'll talk some Eagles and, and get his thoughts on, on how he how he sees this team going forward. I have uh, Johnny to get a little perspective outside of Philadelphia uh, from one of our divisional rival teams as he's uh, going to come on and talk about the commanders and his outlook on, on how they look this year. I'm already setting up some visits through the course of the season. Like when the Eagles play the Jets, I've already got a guest lined up for that week. And uh, so we'll keep we keep those type of things uh, moving forward as we uh, prepare for the um, season opener in the regular season. So a lot, lot of, a lot of nice little uh, guests and, and talking points and discussion uh, coming up here on Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. So I appreciate you all tuning in as always. That'll do it for this podcast. And until the next one, uh, fly Eagles fly as always. Thank you for listening. Remember, P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, comments, got any questions, fire away. That's what it's there for. And until next time, we'll catch you all again. Thank you for listening as always. And, uh, yeah, we're on to the Browns here on Thursday night, and we'll talk to you then next. Take care. Now.